single belief calls us together as a community and sends us into our world with hope and purpose. At our church, your past will never define your future. There's always redemption, which means there's always a brighter day. At our church, we don't think we're better than any other church out there. We're just doing our best to become our best. At our church, we want you to believe in God, but we also want you to know that God believes in you. We are not against people who don't attend church anywhere. Instead, we pursue them with love, the very same love that's pursuing us. At our church, we're learning to serve God with all our hearts, and we're learning to worship Him with all our lives. And if you're looking for the perfect church, we're not it. At our church, we will make mistakes, but we will choose to grow from them. At our church, we're part of a global community that's knit together by the resurrection of Jesus. And by the way, at our church, we believe that really happened too. At our church, we will engage with people who are in real need because we are the hands and the feet of Christ. And finally, we need you to hear this loud and clear. At our church, it's not really our church at all. It's His. And we live and move and breathe in His church for His glory and His fame, not ours. So here's the invitation. You're invited to jump in with your whole heart at your own pace and to experience the life that awaits you in Christ. Friends, this is going to be good. Welcome to our church. Good morning. Welcome to Crystal Beach Community Church Live. Well, it's welcome everyone here on this cold, cold morning, but uh, glad you're here. Uh, Kay and I weren't here last Sunday. We were with our uh, daughter, son-in-law, and oldest grand, uh, both granddaughters running the marathon in Houston, and uh, that was fun to watch. We were not. My brother Mark said a while ago, he said, he was telling me, he said, something about I was going to run a marathon. Well, he meant I was going to get a bunch of people together and watch them run. <laughs> We don't run marathons. We don't even run. <laughs> but anyway, we had a good time. It was a good family, and we missed y'all so much. Also, very important, we have a prayer ministry where if you have a prayer need for yourself, a neighbor, friend, family member, anyone, put that prayer request down, and it will go on a monthly email distribution where hundreds of people will pray daily till they get healed. Uh, men's Bible study. Uh, meets on Thursday morning from one hour only, from 7 to 8 a.m. We're in the book of Matthew, and uh, we're in chapter 5. So if you uh, haven't been, you're not behind. It's just one hour of fun, fellowship, and uh, everybody has a different opinion, and we have a good time. I highly encourage you to come, 7 o'clock here every Thursday morning. And then we have tonight the beginning of the Bible study that uh, Kay's going to lead in Revelation. It uh, is going to be un unbelievable. I've been watching her for weeks prepare for this, and I know uh, we've been on lots of attack. Satan, of course, not wanting this to happen. So it's 6.30 tonight, and highly encourage you to give it a try and come out and, and be a part of this. It's just one hour also. And then coming soon, the ladies' Bible study in home, home group. That will be at Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. and details to follow. And then AA meets on Monday, Thursday, and Saturday at 7 p.m. 
And then tonight at 5, Alan and I meet at uh, 5.15. So quite a bit going on here at Crystal Beach Community Church. Glad everyone's here. So if you wouldn't mind, please stand and let's join our wonderful praise and worship. Chains of life. 
Your love shine through me in the night. Oh. Leave me, Lord, I'll follow anywhere you open up the door. You can take what's wrong and make it right. And Jesus shine down on me. Let your love shine through me in the night. Darkness, 
You can take what's wrong and make it right. Jesus, shine down on me. Let your love shine through me in the night. In the night. Oh, Jesus, shine down on me. In the night. Ooh, ooh, ooh. You know, we're thankful for Pastor Alex and Pastor Lynn to remind us that Jesus crucified on the cross broke every chain for us. He, he broke every chain for us.
amazing grace is. Just multiply that by a billion. And that's the beginning. God, we thank you. God, we praise you. We're just going to stay in your presence, God. say your own prayers you can say them softly you can say them out loud we just want to give him praise God Lord we praise you we praise you God you're so good you're good when we're good you're good when we're bad you're just good Father I've always been looking forward to your return and we just think it's just going to be one way but God I've studied so much and it's nothing what we think when the creator of the universe raptures the church it will be an exciting day for some and not for many let us spend this time examining ourselves what's blocking us from the fullness of who you are we want it all we don't want to be lukewarm and tacked in we want it all we don't want this just to be another church we show up we sing we do this we that this is your church we're all in if we're not all in, we just need to find that place where we are all in. Increase our prayer life, God. Give us a hunger and thirst to open the Bible and read it. Give us a hunger for your righteousness. God, help us to understand that we can't be everywhere and everything to all people, God. Give us discernment on where we need to be and what we should be doing because we don't have a lot of time to waste here. God, we praise you. I also know that folks came with a lot of stuff today. Prayer warriors, would you come up? We can sing and worship all day long, but there still might be that thing that blocks us from the fullness of you. Or it may be that thought of sadness or a kid not saved or grandkid that's out there or something. Or unforgiveness that we've carried all this time. God, now's the time. Come pray with someone. Trust him. What is it that keeps you from being all in? Lord, we pray for our kids. We pray for our grandkids. We pray for the family. We pray for this church. He said, who's sick 
Bible says, come pray to someone. I've seen God do miraculous things that you just can't even explain it any other way. This is an important time for the church, and it's our prayer time. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. You're so good to us. Lord, it is not about us. Humble us. I pray for our country. just easy to say but Lord hear me I pray for our country I put it at your feet where it disappears like snow like a cloud we can't carry all this stuff ourselves we've got to pray to someone and lay it at your feet your word is true. If you raise a child the way they will go, they'll come back to it. The way they need to be raised, loving God, loving people, they'll come back to it. Oh God. We pray for complete healing. Everything you do is So complete what you started in healings that are much needed in this church. Complete them. You're a God of completeness. Complete what you've started. And we'll be quick to praise you in the middle of it and at the end. All the glory goes to you. lift up this peninsula to you. We're in here, but there's a lot of folks out there. We call them in, not necessarily in here. We call them in to you. Find a church somewhere that fits just what they need. We lift up every pastor on this peninsula. I mean, is it just me, or is it just like if you feel it's moving in this church? moving on the atmosphere I think it'll not be so much us singing but just sitting at his feet and being in the presence of him however there are songs and revelations that that'll be sung thank you God it's communion day we'll do that in just a second after service I don't know when God. It is good to be back, though. I really thank Allison so much for standing in. Like Jimmy said, we went to see our kids. Our kids run the marathon um, every year. and But Hadley, this is her first full marathon. I'm talking like I know about marathons. I can't even, like, walk home without somebody having to pick me up. But um, 
Patty's a, now she's a sophomore at University of Houston. She pledged a fraternity. She made great grades. She's uh, worked two jobs, and she trained for a full marathon. <laughs> and so our daughter doesn't ask much. She knows her whole life. Sundays was, I mean, we're, we're at church. And, um, and she says, I'd really like for you to come. Well, we went, and I was so glad. I don't understand marathons at all. I don't understand why when we went to dinner afterwards, uh, like they couldn't even get out of their cars, and they're just dragging in like this to eat, and their toes are bleeding. I mean, I don't get it at all, but some of you athletes might think that's awesome. I, I don't. I don't. So thank you, Pastor Allison, for, for doing that so we could be with our family. The last several weeks have been crazy, crazy, cray-cray for the peninsula because the p- pandemic is out of control. Vaccinated, not vaccinated, I don't know, it's crazy, and uh, I don't want to make this a political sermon at all, and you're already judging me. You're already saying, well, dadgum, I came, and she's going to talk about this, and oh, my God, and here we go. This is not about that at all. But it seems like you have it in your mind that it's a political thing. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but you're going to learn something today. So I know when I said pandemic, you probably locked the door in the back so nobody runs out. So <laughs> I don't know what to call it even. I don't even know to call it a pandemic. I don't even know what, how, what word to use because there's like 26 variants of that. I mean, is it like... SARS, Alpha, Delta, Gamma. I mean, I've learned the Greek alphabet, and I didn't even know that I would just by the viruses that we have. Omicron, COVID, whatever it is. As we look back in history, we read a lot about this. We read about the influenza pandemic that struck in 1918. And it's so weird that that came up in my mind because, of course, I wasn't born in 1918, but it affected one-third of the world's population in 1918. That would be about 200, I mean, two and a half billion people in today's population. It's estimated to have killed about 50 million people when the population was a lot less there than now. 50 million people. Some estimates that I've read were up to 100 million people it killed. To put that in perspective, the total fatalities in World War II were 70 to 85 million. So let me put all that in perspective for you. The flu killed more people in 24 weeks than HIV AIDS killed in 24 years. That's what we're dealing with. Last week, I picked up 10 test kits when I was in Beaumont because everybody was sick. Everybody I knew was sick. So I picked up uh, 10 test kits. I handed them all out. Nine were, po- well, everyone that tested were positive. There was one, sorry, Reese, that was like, what, what, what happened there? It, like we didn't read the instructions or something, but whatever. You should have heard the first time we tested. I think we, uh, remember we were at CVS and they make you sit in your car and put it through the tube and they're handing you, I told you that story. We spilt that juice everywhere. The thing popped up. I mean, it was a comedy act. 
so don't feel bad about that at all. But everyone that tested was positive. What I'm saying to you in all of this, the Bible has a lot to say about it. The Bible has a lot to say about plagues. Sure, there's practical things to do in this current pandemic. There's sure practical things. We have to be more diligent, washing our hands and and using sanitizers and avoid touching our face, which I do all the time, as you know, because I have allergies. I'm like all over here, and I'm telling you not to touch your face. If you're sick, stay home. It's not rocket science. But we carry on with our lives, but we simply use common sense, and we just have to stay away from people. But know this. Know this. Belonging to God does not exempt us from human experiences and sickness and all of that. God will take care of us if we trust and obey him. But we still live in these mortal bodies and our complete life has not arrived yet. Oh my God, I cannot wait to teach this class tonight. It should be about eight to ten weeks. I don't even know. You don't want to miss it. Our complete life has not arrived yet. We're looking forward to being clothed with a glorified body. In the meantime, we have to do some, some things while we live here. One thing we can't do is panic. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, 2 Timothy 1, 7. We have to be confident. We have to know who we are. Now listen to David's confidence. Now this is David's confidence. Jimmy Stone's favorite scripture, I think, in Psalms 27. I'm going to read all the way to, I don't know, when the Holy Spirit says stop. The Lord is my light. This is David, who wasn't always so confident. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? It's a question mark, not a period. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Through war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in the temple. For in the day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent. He will set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted among the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. Oh, my gosh. Be merciful to me. For in the time of trouble, he will hide me. He will set me. He will put me upon a rock. So if you feel yourself feeling anxious, feeling weird, feeling fearful. You're not in the Word. You're not in the Word. If you call me and say, oh, this, this, I'm going to say, get in the Word. Get in the Word. Let Holy Spirit bring assurance and comfort to your heart. The fruit of the Spirit is not fear. It is faith and it's peace, but it's not fear. We don't have to react to problems the same way the world reacts. We're not a part of this world. We don't react like the world. God is with us. He will look, we'll look to him and his source and his protection will be fine. Isaiah, I love Isaiah. You know I love Isaiah. 
Isaiah 26, 3 and 4. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever for the Lord. The Lord himself is the rock eternal. Every crisis, listen close. Every crisis, whether you're in, I'm in, who's in, is a call to seek God. Thank you, Joel. The people behind you might seek you. <laughs> Whatever. I love your humility today. <laughs> Every crisis is a call to seek God, not just COVID. Every crisis is a call to seek God. Sometimes events happen, so it will be a wake-up call for you to seek God. Not all events are from the devil himself. You can blame it, you can act like it, you can see you're attacked and all of this stuff, but not all things are from Satan. Not all things. Some are. But every crisis that you go through is a call to seek God. They would presume upon his goodness, sometimes even deliver, delve in, into idolatry rather than immediately. I'm talking about when Israel was God's chosen people in times of of history, they'd become very slack in their service to him. And they would presume upon his goodness, sometimes even delving into idolatry and whatever crap that they were in. And rather than, I see some of you just freaked because it said crap. But I said it just to see if you would go like this, and you did. At least you're listening, so good. Rather than immediately wiping them out for their disobedience, because God could do that, God would send enough trouble to get their attention. He will send just enough to get their attention. Before Jerusalem was captured by Babylon in 586 B.C., you're, I'm in 2 Kings, you know where I am, Cheryl. There were other attacks that should have been served as warning. Eleven years later, Jerusalem was attacked again. The king was taken captive. It went on and on and on. Was the devil all about that, just stealing and moving and shaking? No. God was trying to wake up Israel to move them back to him. Oh, but we're quick to say, it's the devil, it's the devil, it's the devil, it's the devil. Eight years prior to Babylon attack and took away captives, Daniel, our kids are studying Daniel, it blows my mind. Daniel was a part of that captivity. Daniel 1, 2, and 6. In between those events were an opportunity to repent. God gives us enough crisis to get our attention that gave opportunity to seek him and get things right. And Israel failed to seize those opportunities. We should learn from this. It's written in almost every book of the Old Testament. Why can't we learn how to, to grow closer to him and use it as an opportunity instead of just saying, oh, the devil, the devil, the devil. Prior to 1918, listen to this. Prior to 1918, the world was boasting about all the vaccines they had. They were boasting about scientific achievements, 1918, especially in the field of medicine. For over a century, they had a booming science in medicine and had gone from one triumph to another triumph. Research had, researchers and chemists had 
had developed vaccines for smallpox, anthrax, rabies, what is that? Diphtheria, meningitis. The advances on microbiology had led to a point where they thought that they were invincible. 1918. They thought nothing could touch them. They had a cure for everything. They thought they had covered all the bases. Then the influenza struck in 1918. It was a severe blow to the pride of all the scientific discoveries that they had made, all the progress in medicine that they had made. It was also about that time, a little before that, because the world, you think 1918, was a bunch of cavemen. The scientific and the, and the craftsmanship and everything is so beyond ours, because it was in 1912 they started to build a ship. That ship was called the Titanic. They were boasting that they could build any ship better, that it would never sink. That ship, you know the rest of the story. Pride goes before destruction. Pride goes before destruction. Did I just make that up? No, it's in the Word. Proverbs 16, 18. It's not just for the nation. It's for individuals. I didn't know when the Titanic sank. It sank, that was in 1912, I'm sorry. It started, they started building in 1908. So it finished in 1912. So I asked my loyal source, Alexa, when was the Titanic built? The Titanic was built in 1912. When did the Titanic sink? 1908. The first voyage and the last voyage was on the second one. better and a sense of context of the first and second Corinthians that we memorized over and over and over and over when this started. Over and over and over, almost every Sunday I would preach this verse and preach it and preach it and we would say it and preach it. Second Chronicles 7.14. But we could understand that verse a little bit better if we read the verses before it and after it. Because before it, it says, when I shut up heaven and there is no rain. Got it? That's some serious stuff. Or when I command the locusts to devour the land. Or I send pestilence among my people. If my people, you know it, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal the land. But let me tell you, just before that, when I, when I do shut it up, when I shut it up, when I say there's no rain, when I do all these things, he says, now my eyes will be open, and my ears attentive to prayer made in this place. Keep reading Second. Uh, Chronicles 7, 13 through 15. Not just this part here, though. He said, 
and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Verse 50, now my eyes will be open, my ears attended to prayer made in this place. The passage begins with a situation in which trouble had come and not if it would come, but when it will come. And let me tell you, it has come for us here. It has come. It's been over two years or so that we're fighting, and now it's affecting economics, and now it's affecting our the way we go, and now churches in California hadn't been over open in a couple of years now, and all of this, it started out one way, but let me tell you, when God is on to something for us, him to make a point, he is making a point here. We were this close to closing. pray and seek God like the word says this plague even though you would love to blame it on politics is not a political plague at all they may think they're big but they're not that big this plague is not about politics it is for us to turn around and change some things in a crisis we should humble ourselves not boasting about our self-sufficiency. A pandemic should remind us of our mortality and our need for God. In a crisis, we should humble ourselves. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Don't be, be anxious for nothing, but everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be known to God. Quit complaining about this pandemic. I'm sick of it if we're not going to do anything about it in prayer. Quit watching your TV. Quit putting, dogging out politicians about it. Quit saying about the vaccine and the booster and the money. It's not about that. It is time for us to turn our eyes on God and seek his face and move and change things. I'm sick of hearing about this and that. And do you have your booster or your non-vax or your double-vax or your triple-vax? Who the heck cares right now? I want you to know, are you seeking God? Are you seeking God? Are you seeking God? Are you in the word? Are you turned from your wicked ways? You say, no, I'm not wicked. We're not talking about you have to be all that. If you're gossip, it's wicked. If you don't show up for things we have, it doesn't work out. If you don't involve yourself in prayer meetings and and, and classes and seeking your faith, seeking his face. Oh, God, forgive us. Forgive us. Two years we thought it was big. We thought it was political. We thought it was that. We thought it was economic. We thought it would just go away so fast. But that didn't work. And so we're going to hit our economics and we're going to see our groceries disappear. And we don't have the commerce running around because we don't have drivers because we're, they're sick. And we've filtered down now, y'all. Because what did we do? We 
God is full of God the good I am God. He did for Israel. He'll do it for every one of us. Because he knows his time is precious. And he's going to use this time to say, please, come in. Come in. Come in. Oh, but no. We don't have time to do that because we're watching news. We're gossiping about politics. They don't have enough time for anything. When we think we have it all together, God sends something to turn us back to him. When we think we have it all together, God sends something to turn us back to him. Well, God, that something is here. The early church is an example for us. When they had trouble, they prayed. Daniel exemplifies this. When trouble came, he prayed. Read your word. He got his friends to pray with him. As he prayed, God worked on his behalf. I hope we do more than go ahead. I hope we do so much more than, than just wash our dadgum hands. I hope we can do more than just wash our hands and stay back from people. Please, please pray for our country because he will keep on and keep on until we come back to him. Read your word. I hope we seek the Lord for his solutions. We need his wisdom. We need his guidance, his power to work on our behalf. We must seek his face. We must seek his righteousness. It's not just that we tell him what we want. We have to submit ourselves to him. We have to pursue him. We have to go after him. And if you don't know how, come to class or get somewhere where we can teach you how. Don't complain. Quit complaining. Plug in. Start your own prayer at your house. Home groups are just going to pop up everywhere. We're starting one now. Soon. Find someone to pray with you. Get a group together to read the word. Show up for classes. Call people. Zoom. It's so much bigger than dadgum hand sanitizer. But as we said, I believe the future depends far more on what the church does than what politicians do. Jesus is walking among the candlesticks as he did in Revelation 2. I cannot wait to teach you this. Assessing the condition of the church. And he starts pronouncing judgment on the church. Holy smokes. I know this class is going to be powerful because about last night, Randomly, I just get sick as a dog. I mean, so sick. Just, just can't even, oh, my stomach hurts so bad. Sick. I look at Kendra. I say, yeah. Kendra. Yeah. She said, can you teach revelations? Yeah. Of course, revelations.
get on our government too long. And we're in the same place we were two years ago. In 1918, they thought they had it going on. And they lost more people than they can imagine. God knew that they were getting a little bit cocky about that. heal the land of unjust laws that are being made. He can heal the land of economic chaos. He can heal the land of viruses. He can heal the land of killing our babies. He can heal our land totally. He's just not going to heal this and not this. If we could just get compassion for suffering and grief. I know we see people we hurt here and we know our grace is still at home. The, the virus is real. I'm telling you. Isn't it? Isn't it? It's a real thing that almost took your family out. And that alone, just that alone should make us mad as a cat. We look at it in our humanistic eyes. Certainly compassion, of course. But we must not think in natural human terms. We must move into the supernatural. Perhaps God brought us to, us to this kingdom for such a time as this. Perhaps this worldwide wake-up call is an opportunity of a lifetime. of a lifetime. Oh, that multitudes will turn to him and find not only temporal help, but eternal salvation in him. For what will it profit if a man gains the whole world, but he loses his soul? What does it profit? Mark 8, 36. When God struck Egypt with plagues, he was not just dealing with people. He was striking their gods. It demonstrated the weakness of their idols. God's judgment devastated their economy. This pandemic is devastating our economy. I mean, how much can strawberries cost? Wait till next year. Wait till the year after, because God tarries. And we will have seen the last strawberry if we're a Christian. We're laying thumb through Amos like it's nothing. But Amos was a shepherd and a farmer from a Judean village 
and it was about five miles south of Bethlehem, and he had a vision, and he was a prophet of the Lord. Amos 4, 6 through 12. Also, I gave you cleanliness of teeth in all your cities and lack of bread in all your places, and you have not returned to me, says the Lord. I have withheld rain from you. When there was still three months to harvest, I withheld the rain. I made it rain on one city. I withheld rain from another city. This is in your word. One part was rained upon, and where it didn't rain on the part, it, it withered. So two or three cities wandered to another city to drink the water, but they weren't satisfied. Yet you did not return to me, says the Lord. I blasted you with blight and mildew. Read, read it for yourself. When your gardens increased, your, your vineyards, your fig trees, and your olive trees, the locusts came and devoured them. Yet you did not return to me. Then I sent among you a plague after the manna, manner of Egypt. Your young men I killed with the sword, along with your captives of horses. I made stench in your camps, came up into your nostrils. Yet you have not returned to me, says the Lord. I overthrew some of you, as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah. And you were like a firebrand plucked from the burning. And yet you did not return to me. Therefore, thus I do to you, O Israel, because I will do this to you, declares the Lord your God. this and you didn't you didn't return to me and I did that and you still didn't because you're too busy you're too busy someone might say God didn't do all that he's a good God designed to bring us all in the right relationship with him and nothing is right if that's not right I got so many more notes if a crisis caused people to turn to God and receive eternal life then something good has come out of it if you will pick up your word and read if you will spend time in prayer if you will dadgum go to your next door neighbor's house if you would just tell somebody about the Lord if you would just something Something, some trust in chariots, Psalms 27, 20, 27, some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Church, I'm begging you, I may give the same sermon every Sunday for a little while, I don't even know, I may just keep saying it over and over and over and over. Until your hands go up and said, I read that this week. I was in prayer over that this week. 
till I see you on your face or praying or you're in prayer time when I see you standing and worshiping, backing God. I think I will give this over and over and over until we get it. I don't know. Wait on God. Just because you're here this morning, and you prayed so much bigger than that just now. If my people would just pray, make sure you're walking in the light. Trust him to watch over you and even empower you by his spirit. And I don't know, I could go on and on and on and on and on. And I think you do know. We're not doing communion today. We're going to end with prayer, but go ahead and end with your own prayer. Watch this. Watch it. Watch it close. Worship him, church. It's okay. You can raise your hand. It's fine. the languages around the world, Lord, begin to worship you. God, forgive us. We want to seek your face. Heal our land, Lord. Heal our land. Use this. You will use this for your glory. You're good. 
yesterday I was in the church and no one was here. Say anything. I was talking to someone. I was way over there and all of a sudden this white thing began to soar from here in the back. And I said, what, what was that? incredible chosen and we had two and three people here but incredible teachers that had studied months where was he we had Sunday nights one time a prayer meeting we had five I'm not guilty you don't have to be here I'm asking you to be somewhere Open your Bible. Father God, forgive us. If you don't know him, and I'm just speaking to your life right now, he is your king. Leather jacket, wild walking shoes up there. You better figure it out, buddy. with your mouth believe in your heart turn around that's what your best ministry is doing change what you're doing the church of Laodicea was called out because they had been kind of lukewarm we want to be the church of Philadelphia Blaming the devil. I get it, Lord. I was guilty. I get it. I give the devil way too much credit. Thank you, son. But you can stay and pray and go home and walk out of here different than you came. Yes, God. You, you can do it. 
lot more people are singing to you than our little friends. Listen to it. Isn't that a little weird? 